When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This week's episode sponsored by Smile Brilliant. Hey gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Another week, another new episode. We don't let you down. We haven't missed a week since day one. You're welcome. This week, we've got Shannon Hare from Gas Digital Network from her podcast, The Thing Is, which you can see Kevin Israel and myself on. And Shannon has come on to do, she took down a big one, or tried to take down a big one, did she? She chose Get Out. 2017's thriller that was uh, very well loved and made a ton of money. So check out Shannon Lee doing Get Out. Before we get to it, a couple of housekeeping items. I hate when they say that in corporate America speak. Yuck. We're on Clubhouse now. Kevin and I do a room every Thursday night at 8 p.m. So if you're on Clubhouse, check us out. Stop by, say hello. We'll bring you on stage to speak. GTSC Podcast on Twitter, Gutting the Sacred Cow, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can get yourself a really cool shirt, hat, mug, bag, cell phone holder, condom holster, you swinging dicks, you. And that's that. Listen, thank you so much. Please continue to leave us those five-star ratings and two- and three-sentence reviews. It's a big help, but more importantly, thank you so much for being friends of the show. We love you, and again, you're the best. Enjoy Shannon doing Get Out. Get around is what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Ha ha ha, you dumb bastard. It's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. A schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. You know what? There is no Easter Bunny. Over there, that's just a guy in a suit. Kevin Israel, name that film. I have no idea. Oh, little no, challenge. Dumb and Dumber. No. That's what, what you say all the time. <laughs> the film is Mall Rats. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's an obscure quote. No, the, 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 it's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. People say that a lot, I thought. Well, <laughs> my, Shannon's already like, nope, asshole, you're on your own on that one. Can we switch, can we switch this, this part of the podcast to me quizzing you with the quotes? Cause I, you know what? Next time, you're up. Awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel are back with another installment of Gutting the Sacred Cow. What's going on, Kevin? How have you been? Not besides I've that. Been, I've besides, been, Besides watching a lot of foreign films so I can pick quotes from those, I've been fantastic. Far, Marlott is a foreign film? Why no, I'm going to be picking foreign films for the oh. quotes. <laughs> the, 
these are all gettable quotes. All right, never mind. I'll just, I'll, I'll just deal with the, the DMs from friends and family going, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but he's on a movie podcast? Okay, just kidding. I don't care. Our guest is Shannon Hayer from the Gas Digital Network. Hi, Shannon. How's it going? Hi, guys. Good. How are you? Tell everybody where we can find you, what your podcast is, and what it's all about. Uh, so my podcast is called The Thing Is. Ding. We talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. So it's a, a fun collection of weird stuff that is self-indulgent because that's just stuff I like to hear about. So I just made the show be those three things. And uh, you can listen to them wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, iTunes, or GasDigitalNetworks.com. I can talk I about two of those three things. <laughs> I, I can talk about three of those things if ghost means ghosting women in my dating days. So <laughs> I'm sure that pun has been played way more than it should have played. Shannon has chosen a film that I, I she was having a, a bit of a difficult time choosing a film. And I knew we had some time go by and she was like, I got one. I don't think it's going to qualify. And she told me the title go, oh no, it qualifies. It's definitely going to qualify. And that film is a recent cultural phenomenon. The film is Get Out, 2017's Get Out by Jordan Peele. A, Kevin Israel, get ready for this. A four and a half million dollar budget, a haul of 255.4 million. That is like Blair Witch ROI we're talking. And in 2021 dollars, wow. yeah, I know it's a lot. A 4.8 million dollar budget, 272 haul. That is a great ROI, isn't it? And then we have the film Us, which I did not like. If you saw that one, did you? I don't think I liked that one either. But I can't remember what is the premise of that one really quickly. Families in a vacation home, and they have their exact clones coming at them with scissors. Got it. Yeah, no, didn't yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, it was subpar. That's okay. You it can say just, it. it. It just, I, it felt like it was constantly on the verge of being a good movie and then it just didn't. Exactly. Right. Yes. It's like, it's like having sex and then you pull out for some reason and go, wait, why did you stop? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> David Tell, yet again, another David Tell quote. David Tell goes, Oh, it means, oh, how about a back rub now? <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. That didn't land like I wanted it to. IMDb, as we know, is a scale one through 10. Shannon, with decimal points, what on the IMDb scale do you think Get Out scored? So I think everybody else really enjoyed this movie. Right. I will say an 8.2. Racist? No. Kevin Israel? <laughs> What did Get Out go, score? I'm gonna I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna go nine flat. Seven seven. Wow. Wow. A little lower than I thought. Critics. Rotten Tomatoes score, as we know, is a one through one hundred score percentages. Kevin Israel, what did the critics give Get Out? Because the IMDB score was so low, I feel like I'm gonna have to go lower. Um, eight one. Eighty one. Eighty one. Sorry. Shannon. Eighty seven. Ninety eight. God damn! This, the, I knew the critics loved this. This was a this this is right up the critics' alley. White guilt, where the black character wins and trumps over evil white people. Every single time a movie has that, the scores will be through the roof. Let that be a lesson to you. Audience score, Shannon. What is it? What is it out of? Uh, one through one hundred. Um. I'll say 98 for this one. Okay, Kevin. 
Uh, I'm going to go a little lower. 87. 86. Very close, my friend. (laughs) Very close. Very close. Quotes. I would have voted for Obama for a third time. (laughs) That's all I have. This movie is not quotable at all. That's in my favor. Please do. No, that's in my favor, that it's not quotable. Oh, okay. Sure. I would agree with that. Kevin, sorry, Shannon, do you have any quotes? Anything else that jumped out to you quote-wise that would be uh, up for mention? I didn't take any quotes, no. I just have lots of annoying examples of why I hate it. (laughs) That's fine. Kevin Israel, any quotes stand out to you? I'm shocked, Kev. This movie ends with a with a pretty solid quote. I'm T.S. motherfucking A. We handle shit. Consider this shit handled. Uh, that felt to wannabe 80s action cliche for me, so I said I'll pass. That was what he was – that's why he said it. He was. I know, but I was just yeah, like – The movie was self-aware. No, it was self-aware, and I agree. It just – that didn't like – I'm like, okay, that's his fucking uh, welcome to the party pal moment. I mean, we just did die hard. All right. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Get Out was inspired by an Eddie Murphy routine. In Delirious, why he asked white white people just won't leave a house when a ghost shows up, <laughs> especially the Amityville Horror. Sarah goes, now that's a hit and a half for your ass. If a ghost says get the fuck out, I'll just tip out the fucking door. Too bad we can't stay. <laughs> Get Out is also about the Holy Grail. In the opening scene, when Jeremy abducts Andre, he's got a Knight's Templar helmet, which is one of the small elements of a detailed backstory Peel gave to the Red Alchemist Society, the secretive group that comes together to bid on black bodies to inhabit. Had no idea about that one bit. Jordan Peele has a voice cameo in the film, and that voice was a deer. The deer that they hit was Jordan Peele's voice. Is that real? I, according to mentalfloss.com, that's what it reads. So that, that deer screaming was incredibly creepy. Yes, I will get into that as well. Get Out has been taught in universities uh, in, by Sunk. It's called the class was taught at UCLA called Sunken Place, Racism, Survival, and the Black Horror Aesthetic. And even uh, Jordan Peele came by to expand on that class. Get Out was the first February release since Silence of the Lambs to score a Best Picture nomination. Hmm. The original ending of this film was he wanted to have the police show up to arrest Chris for the carnage at the house while Rod visits Chris in jail and is hinting that he would get life in prison with the system stacked against him. Seems about right. <laughs> Those that wasn't a last fun fact. That was a fact. That was a little bit. Yeah, that was, there was no. There was no ha ha. Wasn't fun. No, yeah. <laughs> but listen, Shannon Hare did not come here to talk about facts and deer noises and college credit and all that bullshit. Shannon came here to do one thing and one thing only, Kevin Israel, and that is guts. What? The sacred, sacred cow. I feel like I should clap. <laughs> Thank you. That's great, guys. Great if people clapped when we did that. That's nice. You know <laughs> what? They didn't do it at the fucking live show. Great point, Shannon. <laughs> we do this imperfect synchronization, yet no one appreciates that. Maybe we get a nod or a, ah, that was cute, but not a clap. 
I'm insulted. You know, I bet if we ever got picked up by like some big radio station, they'd be like, you know what? We love everything. Just get rid of this chanting gut the sacred cow thing. That's <laughs> it's too much. You're like, that's what we do well. That's oh, our thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Shannon. Please, get, okay. please start. Okay. So um first of all, I I always seek out horror movies for the chance that it'll ever be good. It's almost impossible to find a good scary movie. And, and, you know, we all watch movies in general to be sucked into it, to be taken out of our terrible lives for an hour and a half or two hours and be sucked into something, into another world and experience something different. And with a scary movie, it's to be scared. And I feel like when they're constantly, and this is what I'm going to go through is all of the things that I felt took me out of it so that I couldn't get be scared and be sucked into the movie the way that I wanted to be. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I'll, I'll skip through. I'm going to start at the part where um, Chris is at the mansion. He can't sleep in the middle of the night and heads outside everything before that is it's not really worth pointing out. Um, so he, he can't sleep in the middle of the night. There's a fly that gets him. I don't know why that is. And then he heads outside and then he's now freaked out um, first by Walter and then by Georgina. So first, I mean, maybe you're not aware of this at this point in the movie, but these are the grandparents and they're the ones that started this whole thing. So why are they freaking everybody out so much? Like, why are they not acting more normal? Why aren't they making him feel more comfortable? Why are they keeping him on guard? It's really only them two that, that are freaking him out at this point. When he goes back into the house, um, the mother just happens to be awake. If he was, if he was able to sleep this night, would she have just waited indefinitely in the living room? To see what happens, like what's the alternate plan if he can sleep? How does she hypnotize him? Excellent point. Didn't um, that at all. <laughs> okay, so now he's in there with the with Missy with the mother, and this is just a side note. I have misophonia, so I have an aversion to certain sounds like mouth chewing and just the sound. Stop right, this- stop, stop right there, because there's nothing grosser to me is when people chew with their motherfucking mouths open. When they chomp and chewing gum like that, it sends shivers up my fucking butthole. And I, I have two nephews, both chew with their mouth open and I refuse to let them sit next to me anymore because (laughs) their table manners are fucking atrocious. And I'm not saying you have to have the queen's manner, the queen's English manners, but the, I 100% am on board with you. Shannon, we should go have dinner sometime. (laughs) We'll add to that biting the fork. Oh, yes, rough. Oh, scraping your teeth on the fork as you pull it out. It's <laughs> it's worse. It is worse than cha- nails on a chalkboard. My one of my buddies did that. I go, stop. I can see the sparks <laughs> flying out of your fucking mouth. You're gonna have no more teeth in like four more years. It's gonna look like a you smoke crystal meth for fucking 25 years. Stop it. Get chopsticks. Fuck that. Sorry, diatribe over. Shannon, you just you touched on a major point for me. And uh, so yeah, we'll it, all go to dinner. <laughs> so it does appear that you feel rage when you hear these certain sounds. So you both may have misophonia also. A hundred percent. And with that, so there are other noises that annoy me. I'm a real nightmare in general is what it really comes down to. But so the sounds of the spoon 
around the cup for that five minutes of the scene drove me literally insane. I don't know how that can get anybody into a hypnotic trance. Like I would have slapped that shit. At, oh, can I curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Of course okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. I would have slapped it. Okay. Okay. I would have slapped. Like I, I just don't know how that calmed him. Like I would have wanted to murder her um, with the sound of the spoon. Okay. Next part. Um, okay. So this is just a side note. So Rose, the daughter, it appears that her job is to not only whore herself out to any strong black man that she can find with certain body parts that someone in her family needs or that they want to auction off. But um, oh, also women, potentially, because we see that picture all the way at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, OK. But also to make sure that they have some kind of like fucked up background, because that seems to be what the mother works on. So when she was hypnotizing him, she got him into a place where his mother died. So if he had a nice childhood and didn't smoke, what would she use to uh, hypnotize him? Or is this part of the vetting out process, which all the way at the end of the movie, it doesn't seem that way because she's just binging, not Googling, binging hot black guys, basically in her neighborhood. Um, you stole one of my points from me, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. That's why we have our guests go first. Uh, okay. So now we're at the party and all the attendees. And I get, you know, these things are for dramatic effect to like creep you out. But when do, does everybody arrive in a funeral procession, procession to a party? Like are they, ta- <laughs> are they tailgating somewhere waiting for like 12 PM to like all go together? It's just stupid. And these are just the things that take me out of it. What you're, that's a great point. They all get together. Let's go. Listen, come to my house. We're going to have some white claws, some wine spritzers, some chartreuse boards, and then we're going to go bid on a black guy. Let's go. Pre-game, it starts at noon. See you then. On the dot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing, and this is just another thing about why are they not doing a better job at keeping him comfortable? They've obviously done this before. Um, and everyone is just talking about race to him the whole time. Like they're doing everything they can to get his alert up and to make him scared. Um, so then we're at the point. Oh, because he goes upstairs. Everybody goes quiet. So he he's not deaf. Like he's in the room. Lots of talking. Takes a few steps up. Silence. This doesn't clue him onto anything but also why are they silent literally nothing happens in this next part he goes upstairs and gets on his phone why are they quiet and looking upstairs nothing happens um then then comes the part where chris is uh noticing something is weird with logan or andrew whatever name you want to give him and he takes the picture with his cell phone which is kind of an odd thing because why would he just be taking picture of this guy for acting weird and then when his flash goes off that's what kind of um, breaks the spell for a moment. Has this never happened before? Do they not know that flashing lights can do this? If they do know that flashing lights can do this, why do they allow a photographer at their party to have a camera? There should be like a no flash photography thing to maybe avoid this type of thing from happening. True. Um, also, when Logan or uh, Andrew Andre when he comes to for a moment and of course you have to say this because it's the name of the movie he has to say get out but yeah. in your moments of being able to say things maybe run or like these white people crazy you know like something to that effect you know to to really get the point because whenever get out is said in a movie it's not in a good way it's like the house warning you or something it's not something he didn't listen he's just taking it as an attack from him 
You know what's funny? I, not to interrupt you, Shannon, but I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> Kev pointed out that this movie was based off that Eddie Murphy skit, and then I said, and I never put it together. That was the punchline to the joke. He goes, get out. And, and they're like, too bad we can't stay. That's <laughs> that's really funny. Anyway, Full sorry. circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Flashlight. Okay, so um, after this whole commotion happens, but the light goes off and Logan comes to for a moment, um, Rose now wants to take Chris for a walk to calm him down, calm him down. It appears that the father is like, do you really want to take him for a walk right now? So was this a, a walk that's planned? If it's not planned, how does it how else were they going to do their little like silent bingo auction thing when would they have done that and also they took a a walk like they didn't go miles and miles away they took a short walk and they had time to get a uh, a giant portrait of the victim put it up there and have the auction happen so now if they were to walk back around this time how do you cover this up that there's a giant picture of him that's so smart not even a cape or like a cool set of, <laughs> and they're all just sitting there and they're, just, they're all sitting there organized like they're about to watch a wedding or a graduation. It's just like, what are you guys doing? I, I forgot my camera back here. Like, yes. Nothing. Well, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, we were just having auction. We're not, we're going to buy you later on. <laughs> no, no, no. Not just teasing. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So now he's really freaked out by everything. They're back in the room and now he wants to go. Like he, he talks to his friend, his phone dies, he freaks out. And now he's on like red alert. Let's get the hell out of here. So she's like, totally fine. I'm going to pack my bag. He's getting his stuff. And it is only at this moment. Sorry. It's only at this moment that he is rushing to get the hell out of there, that his eyes land on this secret door. That's in the room. And now is the time to investigate when you're panicked and you want to get the hell out of there. Now we have to investigate and not only look in there, but now go through the pictures. And that's when, you know, he finds the pictures of everybody as they leave. And he's telling Rose to get the keys. He's going downstairs. He's like, get the keys, Rose, get the keys, Rose. And he's yelling at her to get the keys as now all of the family members are approaching from every angle as if the keys were going to get him outside of the house. They're not. You can go outside of the house without the keys. And he just didn't want to proceed further. It's just um, this is just a stupid thing. So when the brother I didn't write down the brother's name, but when the brother attacks him um, and then. The mother waits for the brother to attack him to do the clingy thing. And then she's mad that um, that Chris is now damaged. But you could have done the clingy thing during this whole commotion in in the front of the house. Everyone's yelling and telling him these weird quotes and whatever. And she could have stopped any of this fear. Like she she could have stopped any of this at any time. Um, so now Chris is in the um, holding slash game room because this is where they keep their victims, but also where they play darts on the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, the, it's just it's a weird thing to have this old timey television that's like interactive where like as soon as he wakes up is when it starts playing. And then um, the other guy, Jim, is able to communicate with him through this tube television it just seems like get a flat screen and a zoom in there i feel like would have been the better way to go don't look as creepy shen <laughs> you're you're absolutely right i love that tv it took me back to the days kevin Israel of playing nintendo and having to put that thing on channel four before we could play <laughs> I, I, re- I remember when my dad bought the first tv and we were like this is the biggest thing i've ever seen it was 32 inches right. and it was in a giant piece of furniture and it weighed 450 pounds oh, okay. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so now Rod. Um, okay, so now Rod is suspicious because he can't get in touch with Chris. So he goes to the cops and he spends about an hour explaining to them that the guy in the picture is missing, but doesn't show them the hundreds of not Google Bing searches that he did (laughs) (laughs) that came up saying this guy is missing. Didn't show them the screen saying, look, this guy is missing. I'm not making it up. Just explains to them (laughs) long enough for them to make fun of him. Um, okay. Just another stupid little detail. So now, um, Jim is on the table getting ready for his surgery. Chris is, uh, tied up in the game room and the dad starts opening up Jim's head without like the donor being present, which I don't think is how transplants work. Mm. Like you don't have the other thing ready to go. Um, so he stabs the dad with the horn and then lets the place burn. And now this maybe goes to that alternate ending. Why are you going to let this place burn when all of the evidence lives here? Like you already stabbed the guy. The other guy is unconscious. You know, maybe just like stamp out that fire because everything that you need is here to back up what happens with the, when they come and find out that you slaughtered this whole family. Um, towards the end, Rose is now sitting totally fine, like total serial killer. And the most serial killer thing she does is eat dry <laughs> cereal, <laughs> followed by three sips of milk from a straw. <laughs> right, Not only does she eat dry cereal, she eats one piece at a time. That's so psycho. You both and she are, bites it. She bites both, the piece. Oh, I fucking hate both of you. Because right here, page number three. Yeah, throw a straw. She drink the milk through a straw. <laughs> That should be on the list of what? How do I know you're a serial killer? I wrote this is what I wrote word for. We all know Rose is a psychopath for many reasons, but three of them being for me: one, she eats Fruit Loops one by one; two, she drinks milk through a straw. But the worst offense, she uses Bing to search for more victims. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> what happened? Earthlink was down for her internet. God, that was the great catch, Shannon, because I had the same exact yeah. thing. Uh, so. So also in this scene, she has her headphones in as she's scrolling for her next hot black guy. And though there's lots of stuff happening in the house, people are getting killed. Things are getting knocked over. Fights are happening and nothing disturbs her from her search. But when Chris hits Georgina with the car, who knows how many feet away from the house that is? She hears that. And now she knows that something is wrong. Um, so. Okay, so now he's uh, he hits Georgina and while he knows that she's mostly white person brain and only has moments of like almost fighting through, but he still decides to save her instead of like going and getting help. So he kind of deserves what happens immediately after that. And then um, uh, all the way at the end when Walter is chasing him because she has a gun, but that's not fun. Like, may as well send your grandpa to go and chase him down. Um, so when <laughs> when Walter grabs him and he's on top of him and then Chris manages to get the flash going, it's dark outside. How does Rose not see this flash happen literally five feet in front of her to where she then hands the gun over to Walter? I rest my case. <laughs> Shannon, give me a number on one to ten scale. What you think of this film? Um, I, I mean, I'll say fairly a five and a half. I mean, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it was. I think it's most frustrating to me because everyone loves this movie so much. Like it was such a big thing. Everyone's like, "Oh, you got to see this movie. It's so great. It's so great." And there were just so many holes through the story, and I think that's what really got me. 
And so what are what are a couple great scary movies that you love? So it's such a hard thing to answer, but I actually did see one recently that I enjoyed and the ending was was actually satisfactory, which I feel like is hard to find in a scary movie. They usually just like give up at some point and just end it without any resolution. And it was called um, Come. It's either Come and Play or Come Play. Did you, either of you hear about that? It just it just released either either at the end of 2020 or early 2021. And I spent $20 to rent it. Wow. <laughs> yep. Is I'm terrible with money and uh, have no patience. <laughs> <laughs> and well, uh, I, I was going to say, you, you're probably saving a lot of money on going out to dinner and hearing people eat with horrible, terrible manners. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I really enjoyed that movie. Like there were there were some jump scares in it, but um, it left you kind of guessing towards the end. And the ending, I felt good about it. So it was everything that I wanted in a scary movie. Did you ever see Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves? No. Oh, it's I a, just saw somebody talking about that. Dude, as a oh, dude, it was you. I think it was you. Fight it. Well, I, I, I saw it a while ago, but as a uh, dude, you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah. It's about Keanu Reeves as a he's a he's a dad at home. His, his wife and daughter or whatever go away for the weekend, and two random girls show up at the house and seduce him, and then they they fuck him in the shower, and then they blackmail him for over. You know, trying to he's trying to get them out of the house the entire time after they're done. It's it's fucking freaky, and the ending is like wow, wow. So good. So so it's good then. I oh, remember yeah, seeing yeah. a trailer. Okay, it's it, it's good, but it's also as a guy. Oh, like, it is good. Okay. Oh yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's it's cringy. Is you're like if you're a dude, but you're like oh, oh. but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, don't ever accept random girls showing up at your house <laughs> just looking to make a phone call if you want your marriage to be intact. That's a, that's exactly that cringe for a guy is exactly how the promising young female is. Yeah. No, oh, by the way, notes before you get to notes, don't forget, go to guttingthesacredcow.com. You can find a kick-ass shirt like this that I'm wearing, guttingthesacredcow.com, every single day. Has blog pieces from Kevin Israel. Our new favorite feature, where we call it That Doesn't Happen, where we watch film parts of films, and they try and pass up something as a common occurrence, but in real life, it just doesn't happen. Check that out every day. GTSC Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Everywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it. And if you are on those podcast platforms, please leave us a five-star rating, two or three-sentence review. Hit subscribe. Tell your friends and how awesome and how unique and funny we are. Because we are. We're the best damn movie podcast there is. And no one's going to percent. No one's doing what we're doing for the love of Christ. Here we go. I'm very white, as we all know. Oh, and so he, white. And I was, and even I was freaked out by that music playing in the very beginning where Andre gets kidnapped. They're going, what is this shit? Get me out of here right now. <laughs> the very first thing I'm offended by with this film is seeing Chris use a Windows cell phone. Oh, they couldn't get a BlackBerry <laughs> or a Nextel or a flip phone? A Windows phone? What are you going through foreclosure now? Jesus Christ. Allison Williams drives as well as her dad, Brian, tells lies. <laughs> Smart joke for the news people. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that deer make the same sounds that, well, I didn't know that Jordan Peele did that. I didn't know that deer make the same sounds as Roseanne Barr does having an orgasm. Quick, can we get Tom Arnold on the phone to confirm that? He's on the set of Down Periscope 2 right now. <laughs> it's very hard to take Rose's dad serious 
when we all seriously, when we all know his best roles were the main alpha beta in Revenge of the Nerds 2 <laughs> and Eric from Billy Madison. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> that's all I do are watch films and go. Why didn't you oh, tell me you had why didn't you tell me I did a list of triscuits? If you had triscuits, I would have eaten the triscuits. <laughs> you know that laugh he did, that evil laugh? The, <laughs> yep, there you go. Rose's brother looks like one of Brad Pitt's gypsy family in Snatch. Great call. Thank you. Allison Williams is sneaky hot. Mm, disagree. No, she's very, she's very hot. She's got a great jawline. Yes, she does. I think she's, I think she's very attractive. Nope. I put her in that, and Anne Hathaway in that same sneaky. Yeah, see, you like, you like white chicks. You like the whitest white chicks possible. I also like Brazilians. What is your point? Not, we're not talking about shaving. We're talking about the woman themselves. I was talking about post. No, I'm just, <laughs> I talk about their, their, their nationality and their, their, their female scaping. Thank you. They're manicuring. I would love to take a spoon and a teacup into the subways for people who listen to music without headphones. Agree. Yes. Well, people with headphones who sing out loud. Bad, but not as bad as people playing. Because it's what's the old saying? The worst music is always played at the loudest volume. That teacup and spoon are coming to the subway (laughs) with me. Here is a helpful insight into white culture for our eight black listeners. I feel as uncomfortable in the woods as black people feel uncomfortable at a Bruce Springsteen concert. And I like being in the woods as much as I like Bruce Springsteen's music. (laughs) Trying to start a fight. You know, my daddy always used to say, never trust a white woman that doesn't break eye contact with you while stirring her tea with a spoon. This next song's called Rosalita. Two, three, four. (laughs) I hate Bruce Springsteen. I don't give a shit. I'm from Jersey. It's terrible. I hate you, Kevin Gautier. Well, you just hate you just hate you know good quality and music taste. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'll see I'll see you wearing your your bleached jean jacket in the pit while dancing awkwardly to Jersey Girl. Then Kevin, damn well it will, and I'll have uh, my bandana in my pocket, and I'll be <laughs> proud of it. Oh, you're cruising afterward for some cock in the parking lot. Yeah, and my Trans Am that has an eagle on it. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> I dated a guy with one of those. <laughs> yeah, a Trans Am or, or, or a, a, a handkerchief in the back of his pocket. Trans Am. Good, and I bet he was awesome. Uh, I'll, bet he was, I'll bet he was Italian. Uh, no, Irish, actually. Hey, Kev, do you grind your teeth when you sleep? Boy, I'm amazed I still have teeth. Because if so, I must be one of 40 million Americans who do. Whether it's stress, anxiety, or an abnormal bite, chronic teeth grinding will lead to worn enamel, tooth decay, sleeplessness, and expensive dental procedures. And that's no fun. But the good thing is the number one teeth grinding prevention recommended by dentists is the custom fitted night guard. However, it's costly with the average dentist charging two to three hundred dollars per guard. And you will grind through several per year. Two to three hundred dollars is a lot of movie tickets now that the theater is opening back up. But using Smile Brilliance Lab Direct process, you can get the same custom fitted night guards for as little as are you ready for this? Forty five dollars per guard. Wow. And additionally, Smile Brilliant has custom-fitted teeth whitening trays and the Carry Pro electric toothbrush. So listen, go over to smilebrilliant.com and use code GTSC. Help us out a little bit, right? 
GTSC at checkout for 30% off. You're getting something for 30% off. What? Once again, that's smilebrilliant.com and use GTSC at podcast. Back to the show. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a, it's actually, it's the, the only thing missing from that outdoor party was someone having the General Lee's ringtone on their cell phone. <laughs> I, I didn't have to i didn't have to look up at you i knew it was gonna come we're, we're so gay it's like avatar we're mind melded together now this is very gay but cute at the same time it's a good thing for the white people at that party that it was just a single shot of the uh of the camera from from chris's cell phone because if it was one of those stereotypical japanese cameras that do a hundred shots in five seconds Dre would have turned to Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction instead of just having a nosebleed. <laughs> Say what again? I did it. I doubled them. I'm sick of all these motherfucking white people in this motherfucking house. Guys, don't go to the woods. Any white people, black people, any kind of people, don't go upstate. That's my point. We're civilized for a reason. <laughs> again, I'm super white, and I'm telling you, don't go upstate. It would have been funny to go to the theater with one of our friends, Kevin Israel. It would have been funnier to go to the theater and watch one of our friends yell out. Sorry, I back. Let me back up. It would have been funny to go to a theater and yell out during the auction scene when the winning bid was announced, yelling, "That's it!" And then, <laughs> and then having one of our friends, Gina Bisconte, come yell, "That was too much." <laughs> Overpriced, because you know, because you know, Gino has got one of those chambered up. <laughs> The easiest wardrobe in the world must have been Allison Williams in this one. Can I get 15 Freddy Krueger sweaters in a small <laughs> or medium, please? Said it before, and I'll say it again. Never trust anyone wearing a bow tie. That's a good policy. Yeah. First time I recall anyone ever getting killed by deer antlers, and I certainly hope not the last. I did enjoy it. Who doesn't? You already stole my point about Rose and Bing and Fruit Loops. Thank you. <laughs> Why in the hell is his buddy driving a TSA car upstate? A complete use of misuse of private and government property. He stole his company car for a joyride. And why, in the name of fucking Christ, do you have your sirens going off? Why not shoot off fireworks in a marching band while standing outside of your window and grab a bullhorn to announce your arrival? That doesn't happen. Then the audience wouldn't have thought it was the police coming and (laughs) Uh, thought something totally different was going to happen. Or they could have had a car pull up that looked like a cop car without the lights on and the sounds and kept that all shrouded in mystery until maybe it pulls in the light and he steps out of the car. Maybe a little more suspense instead of the boom over the head with the mallet. We we bang this in your head. You're right. I know. Right. Also, why does a TSA car have a siren? Are they pulling up somewhere to do something? Hey, you asshole. You didn't pay your $30 <laughs> in baggage fees. Get back here. <laughs> that bottle is not three and a half ounces. That's 5.2, you communist heathens. That being said, I think this film is fantastic. I do. I think it's original. It, it, it borrowed a few themes, but I thought it was great. It was very well written, paced pretty well few twist i really like it does it pass the remote test shannon the remote test is this if you're flipping around on cable and you happen to stumble upon this at any juncture of the film do you drop the remote and go well i'm good now for the next 
X minutes? I don't think so. It's not an automatic suck me in. Like it's, it's a good film. It's a very good film, but it's not a, I got to watch this part, part of film. I thoroughly enjoy it, but Shannon has done something that I guess, wow, this is two in one night, Kevin. Shannon has done something that's made me think she has given enough points for me to drop my score. Yay. Which was originally, yeah, you should take a bow. This is this is tough. I'm a tough cookie to crack. I gave it originally an eight. I now give it a seven and a half. Damn it. I was hoping for a little more than that, but I'll take the little bit. I'll take it. No one has gotten me to drop my score one full point yet. So okay. don't, don't feel insulted. Seven and a half out of 10. I do enjoy this film. This film is very good and smart. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll start off by responding to two of Shannon's points. First of all, Chris turned around and saved Georgina. I believe that was a nod to him not being able to save his mother. And he, that's why he sat and struggled with it. And then finally was like, damn it. It was because he just couldn't let what happened to his mother happen to Georgina. And he was just overlooking the fact. Although I agreed with you, I don't know why you would ever put that clearly crazy brain transplanted person in your car. Also, the your point was a, was a great one, and I'd like to expand on it. The the scene where they flash the guy at the party for the first time, and he comes out. He behaves completely differently than the grandfather behaves when he comes out of his trance. The guy the guy comes out, and he's like shocked, and goes, "Oh my god, get out!" The grandfather plays it cool, and is like, "I'll shoot him." <laughs> so, if you if according to the story. While you're you're in the deep place, while this other person is piloting your your mind vehicle, your body vehicle, you can see everything that's going on. You're able to think. You're able to, you know, put together thoughts, and and you live through it. You just can't do anything about it. So this guy, the bow tie guy, has been in there this whole time. He's probably you've had nothing to do but come up with ideas of if I could get out, what would I do? And that's the first. Like I would have just played it cool and been like, yeah, I don't know, I'm I'm good. And then snuck back in later at night and been like, man, you got to get the fuck out of here. I, that, that bothered me when I saw it the first time because I was like, that, I hate it when people in movies don't respond as how you would normally. And, and not that this is a normal situation. This brings me to my biggest problem with this movie. And I, I, thought, I thought about this when I first saw it. And it's funny because I saw this, I saw the last half of this movie the day before Kevin told me that you picked it, Shannon. And when he was like, get out, I was like, I got to go back and watch the whole movie again now because I didn't watch it with an analytical state of mind. But I happened to just watch it again. When she first hypnotizes Chris, why don't they just take him then? Why do they have to act out the rest of those days? They could just tie him up and have all the people come in and look at him. And then there was no reason whatsoever to have him run around and and do all that stuff. Once he was out, because she clearly passed out and then they put him back in bed. So why didn't they just tie him up at that point and go through the whole, have the auction? And then there was, they were done. They were done at that point. Once That's he's hypnotized, once he's, thank you. Right. Yeah. Right. Once he's hypnotized, it's done. That was, that was the goal. There was no reason to let him suddenly run around. Um, uh, the only thing you can say is that all those people at that party wanted to see him and kind of take him for a test drive, but they could have done that just by looking at him. Like clearly he's a good looking, strapping, healthy guy. That's what they were looking for. And they, the, the guy who ended up winning him, Milton from The Office, they knew, he knew, already <laughs> knew that he was, he knew that he was a photographer. He already knew all about him. So there was, a, that just, it bothers me every time I watch that movie because I don't understand. Once she gets hypnotized, it should be done. 
It's a good point. And they also hypnotize him several times. And then once again, when he after the first time when it happens and he runs into Walter in the yard, Walter being the grandfather that created all of this. And he is like, hey, how about that hypnotism last night? Huh? He's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) he had no memory. It's just so ridiculous. So stupid. But you're right. So on to my basic analysis. Rose reminds me of every girl I hated in high school. (laughs) Carbon copy white chick. That's all she is. And he did it clearly did it for a reason. He picked the kind of most vanilla looking white girl to make it just as as drastic a comparison as possible. She's just as white chick. She's got the verbal fry, which I hate. Yeah, I'm so crazy. I should go take a nap. Fucking what's wrong with you? That's the worst thing to come out of pop culture is that. All of our all of our women at some point in the near future are going to be talking like that. Like that's it horrifies me. Yeah, so go, just, go, go, to, have a, go to some coke, go to some coke or get some Adderall. One of the two, quickly. <laughs> the only reason I hope we don't have a female president in the future because she's going to be like too much. Anyway, <laughs> alienating more of our audience, huh, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. Well, we only have I mean, there's four girls that listen to this podcast, and they're all super fans. So we're not we're not yeah, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> I do agree with the father's take on deer. I hate deer. Yeah, I think deer are nothing but tall, skinny rats that get in the way. They're the worst animals possible, and they should be eliminated. But as I was thinking this, I realized, oh, this is he's basically talking about black people, and then I felt bad about saying <laughs> that I feel that I agree with them. So, just about deer, though. That's all, that's all I agree with him about. Kevin's going to go to a movie at 10 o'clock on opening night of a horror film and go, all these fucking deer won't shut up. <laughs> so, when, she, when, when they get pulled over, and, they, and by the way, who's calling the cops? The deer barely did anything to the car. Like, just can, go, to, go home. You called the cops? The deer's dead. It's ridiculous. But then after that whole incident that you had to have to make have the whole social discussion about how cops just innately treat black men, she goes, I'm not letting any, letting anyone fuck with my man except my parents. They're going to murder you. The cops, <laughs> no. And my brother is going to put him in an MMA, MMA hold at dinner time. That's how we say hello in this family. <laughs> Great segue. The Thank brother, you. he's fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. Why? They have this perfectly run organization. That's based off of science and philosophy. And they have this whole way of going out and getting these guys and all, everything seems to run perfectly. And then they bring in this fucking lunatic who's clearly unhinged and unstable and an alcoholic and violent. And they let him around their subjects when their whole value is in having this healthy guy who's in a hundred percent one piece. They, 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 they let, and uh, was it Shannon or Kevin who made the point about what the fight that they actually, the mother lets him attack him yeah. and then finally knocks him out. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. But then when she knocks him out, he falls down and slams his head. Gonna, <laughs> I, hope, I hope the part of the brain he damaged wasn't the part you needed <laughs> because he's got a concussion. I mean, the, you're right. The son was, the only thing missing was a bottle of Fago because that son is a juggalo. And then he was ready to go to the gathering of the juggalos <laughs> after he finished killing Chris or yeah, killing him. I did have, that was one of the points that I skipped over um, at the beginning, but I did. I mean, the mother's like a, a magic hypnotist because like the way she does hi- hypnosis isn't the way it, like it were, really works, but she never uses her magic hypnosis to like make the son be like normal. Right. right. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> He's special. 
when all of those when all of the black vehicles roll up for the <laughs> for the barbecue that was just ridiculous to me i understand that they were trying to make it out like this was a secret society and they're all like kind of the same but the just the the, the the bunch of black suvs pulling in like the president just arrived was a little much and it just it didn't even look kind of normal i could just have normal cars what was the if i looked out and saw that coming i would have been like babe we're leaving this isn't happening i already know something's wrong this isn't right not one toyota camry in the bunch huh no and come on a bunch of old white people yeah they love responsible cars a prius a mercedes something like that but you're right that it was like the secret service was weighing up there right uh, sort of talking into their wrists and shit right I once went to a barbecue with a girl I'd been dating, but I knew I was going to break up with and I had to meet her parents. Oh. And I, and the whole time I knew I was going to break up with her. And it wasn't nearly as awkward as that barbecue in the movie. Like listening to all those people just go up to when the lady squeezes bicep, I was like, just ask him to take his dick out. Like, Wait, I, I have questions. Did you dump her at that barbecue that same day? No. <laughs> Thanks for the like burger it. and the dog. We're done. <laughs> this is one of those situations where I just kept extending the breakup. Because uh-huh. I find reasons. And I was like, well, now I met her parents. I have to date her for another month. <laughs> I can't just break Christmas up with is her. Around, Christmas is around the corner. I got to <laughs> stick around for those presents. I'm not going to Yeah, I think, I think a, a, a four-week relationship got extended into a year because I'm a pussy. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> I am too, believe me. Rod, who is really the hero of this movie. Yep. All his scenes feel like they made the movie and then they were like, you know what? This movie's not funny enough. We should add them in. And then they just went back and they refilmed, they filmed all those scenes and they just put them in because it just, I, I love him. I love the character. I love the actor. I thought he was hysterical, that he did a great job breaking up the, all this intensity w- with humor. Sometimes it was a little too jarring, but he figures out everything that's going on in the movie halfway through the movie. He knows everything. He's got it almost dead on minus the sex slave stuff, even though it's still kind of sex slave. Like, yeah. <laughs> He had it all figured out halfway through the movie, and he was supposed to be an idiot, which is which is which is really an indictment on these white people's grand plans. And he stole Chris sold for ten million dollars, right? Like we're all in agreement that that when he went like this, yes, I thought that it was, 10 was it ten. I didn't care. I thought it was a hundred for some reason. I thought it was like a hundred thousand. I thought I thought it was I thought it was ten million. I, I, could, I, I, I couldn't ca- I could be way wrong. I'll, I'll Google while you talk, but go ahead. My, my, my wife goes, wasn't it ten thousand? I was like, you do not put enough value on a black man. Jesus, <laughs> you crazy ten thousand. She's like, well, in that in that case, let's go around the corner then. <laughs> we got some we got some couch change around here, don't we? He he loves close ups. This whole movie was just massive. It was every scene had some really uncomfortable close-up where they were just staring at them. You could see their like, you could see their pores developing to zits. It was so cool. I get that every director has their style, but I feel like there was one scene where Chris was talking to Rose, and it just kept from going from close-up to close-up, and it felt like it was almost like a joke. Like it was like soon it's just going to be their two noses talking <laughs> and crying. Oh, you! I'm looking up right now, and it does say. If ten fingers represents dollar amounts, ten million is certainly more likely than ten thousand. But my question is, since it, if, if it was ten million, you mean to tell me an art gallery guy is ten million bucks a blind one at that? Does he have that kind of fuck you money laying around? I don't know. He was supposedly. I mean, I think he was supposed to be very famous. I don't know. I guess if you're if it's going to save your life and give you your eyes back, you spend whatever it takes. Sure. I also think everybody <laughs> in this like society has like billions of dollars. Like, that's why they're there. 
they're why they live in upstate, live in the fucking city <laughs> and have a kick-ass penthouse. Because everyone's going to know what the fuck's going on in the city. Yeah. yeah. They live in the city and then they funeral procession upstate right. to the party. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All their black escalades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, to, to piggyback on what Shannon was saying about the Tia, the, the, when Rod went to the police, they would have taken that whole situation much more seriously. The minute they said he said missing person, they would have at least typed it into the computer and been like, oh, shit, this guy is missing. Like, I get that he gave a, a crazy story. And, and I, I respect what he did, because a lot of times in movies, when something crazy happens, they'll be like, the guy's actually a giant bat. And they're like, people are like, what? I like when I like when an explanation starts with, look, I know this is going to sound crazy. Because then because that's something I think I would do be like, listen, if something really ridiculous happened, I'd at least want to say, I realize I'm going to sound batshit crazy and you're not going to believe me, but here's what happened. So I respect that. But the simple fact is that unless the NYPD is really gone to shit, they'll at least, at least she had a computer in front of her. She could have just typed in the guy's name and then that would have set a whole thing into motion. They just laughed at him and then sent him on the, and he was there. He was from a sister agency. They give the guy some, I mean, I get it's crazy. And he had a really cute dog with him. That dog was adorable, by the way. That dog was cute. Not a fan of little dogs, but that dog. No, me neither. No, yeah. that's it. It kind of looks like my dog, actually. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Rose, Rose definitely calls her father daddy. And I know this because oh. we just watched Footloose and <laughs> she called her dad daddy. And I feel like she's one of those girls who's like, daddy, can I go out tonight? And it's like, are you saying that to your father or to somebody who sticks his finger in your butt? Like, that's just. Oh, that's my dude. What a great point. Here's why. You're right. She says, Daddy. And then when she asks, like, can I go out? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe. And then she kisses him directly on the lips. He goes, All right, fine. <laughs> that's the kind of creepy bullshit that they yep. have, that relationship they have. Yep. Mm. So the scene where he's in the chair at the end and he puts that he realizes the cotton. My wife and I actually tried to reenact this because I don't think that. Yes, Shannon, exactly. I don't <laughs> think he could reach both of his ears from where he was. And now then we, we start we, we watch the scene over again because we wanted to see. And he was shackled very loosely, which makes me think it's complete bullshit because he would have been hemmed into a chair, probably with his neck back. These people aren't taking chances. They're clearly incredibly thorough. They wouldn't have just had loose handcuffs on an old leather lounge chair that's batshit crazy he has a state-of-the-art operation station in the next room and this place looks like my parents 1982 living room it's that was crazy to me and it didn't manage i i understand why they that they had to get to that point but it was just a little far it was a reach to think that he was going to get the cotton in his ears kevin and ashley israel mythbusters i can't yes. that yeah shirt. yeah oh yeah oh yeah we are we are a dynamic duo <laughs> i have to think two solid shots of a croquet ball to your head is killing yeah. you yeah and if it's not killing you you have brain damage and you're not getting up right away and having a kung fu fight <laughs> like that's just not happening that kid's skull had a crack in it he got hit too by an angry guy like imagine how angry he was when he finally hit him in the head and then hit him again while he was down he wasn't getting back up from that he wasn't getting back up from that just like the blonde german wasn't getting back up from being hung in die hard yeah, yeah. listen nfl players callbacks to other episodes <laughs> nfl players 
fucking take head on helmet, helmet to helmet collisions at 15 to 20 miles an hour. Some of the fastest players run at that speed and they run at each other and they do that and they spin right off and you see them wobble around like they got, you know, they got the birdies flying around their head in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> this motherfucker, great point again. He gets up and he's like squaring off like, let's go, bitch. Are you ready yeah. to fight? Yep. And he's ready to try and fight. But he got clocked in the head with a croquet. But that doesn't happen. It does not happen. It's not a lot happen. of it. A lot of amphetamines in his bloodstream. Yeah. yeah. But and you know what? Yeah. I would have respected it more if they showed him doing drugs beforehand or if they suggested that the parents give him some drugs to make him strong because they need him like that. He was just a he was just a fucking psycho. Like he was, that that was too. That was one of the, the, the biggest that doesn't happen moments in the movie for me because just head injury. In sum- summation, my final point is Chris is still fucked. He can drive away happy with Rod all he wants, but the police are going to get to the house. They're going to find a bunch of dead people, that whole little community of white auctioners who are who know that Chris was there are going to be like, oh, yeah, there was a black boy here. Where is he? They're going to go find him. He's still in a lot of trouble, and he's going to have a long way to explain that, oh, yeah, they have a brain transplant <laughs> cult with black people. Like, that's he's not just driving away into the sunset and living happily forever. He gets to go home and sleep and then put together a vigorous legal defense as to why he did not murder this whole family. And those he did was in self-defense. And it's going to be one of the most batshit crazy cases in U.S. history that's probably going to go to the Supreme Court. Well, he let ridiculous. the evidence burn. Right. Yeah. Right. But the, and, and that makes it even worse. Because all they're going to say, they're the gunshot, so maybe they'll think the grandfather killed the daughter. But somebody in that in that little commune is going to be like, oh, yeah, there was this black boy, Chris, here. Where it happened? And then the, but you know what? As If the if the police department up there is as thorough as the NYPD, maybe they're just going to be like, ah, that's crazy. Cute dog. Get the fuck out of here. Get out to the appeal <laughs> process. <laughs> I have to agree with Kevin, though. I do really like this movie. I'm sorry, Shannon. And you made a lot of great points. And, and I have to say, as, as a guest, you came on very well prepared. It was, it, I, we always like seeing a well prepared guest, a lot of points that, that are, that are thought provoking. You did a, you did a really good job with that. But I, the, I, like I said, I saw them, I watched the movie the day before and I, and, and to me, and I have to disagree with my esteemed co-host. I think this movie does pass the remote test because okay. it happened. It was on and I was just like, ah, I guess I'll watch this for a little bit. And I ended up watching half the movie. I think it's I think the movie has very little fat in it. Every scene has a purpose and makes a point. The it moves pretty fast. It's not overly long. It doesn't nothing. It doesn't. I mean, it does. I mean, the the kind of social point that it's making is obviously very clear, but it does it in a way that's so entertaining and the actors all do such a great job. You hate the people you're supposed to hate. You sympathize with Chris. You really like Rod. The dog is fucking cute. I mean, it's got a cute dog. (laughs) For me, that immediately adds a point. You put a cute dog in a movie, <laughs> immediate one point. You're at one point. So this 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 is this is this is a this is a good one. It passes the remote test for me. Uh, there are some inconsistencies, and there there clearly was a lot done to service the plot and to service where the movie was trying to go. But uh, but I enjoyed it half a time two days ago, and I enjoyed it again yesterday. So I give this. I'm with. I'm at where Kevin ended up at a seven and a half. Did you start out higher? No, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> no, because I, I, but I, I agree. Like I, I went through all those points that you went through. Like I, exper- I agree. I agree with you in everything that you said. But it just doesn't ruin the movie for me. It just it, it, 
it's just plot holes that I'm able to look over because the the the, char- the actors and because it's a unique movie. And I honestly, I don't see this movie as a full horror movie. Like I didn't go into this movie thinking I was going to be sc- like scared or walk away like with that eerie feeling. I went, I saw it more as a thriller mm-hmm. uh, that was a little fucked up. But so I so I I don't think I wanted the horror movie experience from it. I think Us was supposed to be a horror movie that just didn't work no at all and it kept try- i felt like i felt like it was almost like when you're falling down the stairs and you try to stop and you make it worse <laughs> like that movie just kept like there he was like yeah but there's this and then there's this and then, then by the end you're like what the fuck did i just watch like none of it made sense everybody in the country has a doppelganger across the entire country and nobody's seen it anyway so yeah seven and a half and, I, and by that, when I, when I say it does not pass the remote test, I think it's in the, here's the reason why I should have elaborated a little bit more. Only because if you jump on at any other point midway or whatever on, you're not doing it justice because it's more of an experience. You have to be invested the whole time to properly build the tension and all that, the give and the, and the slack and the back and forth. I think you really, kind of like I said before about Hateful Eight, same exact thing. I know you didn't like it, but I think with Hateful Eight, it's more uh, you have to be fully vested from jump and then jump on too late. It's kind of like, ah. Yeah, eh, it's not. You're not fully as, as engrossed in it. That's why. That's the only reason why. But again, I, I love it. Obviously, I love it. Let's see. I, and I and I will say this: we're going to do our critics' five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. And I will say, I've never written, read, written, I don't write these. I've never read more. Is it divisive or divisive? Do we go? Divisive. Divisive. Some people say divisive, and I don't like those people. I've, this is full of people pushing their agendas on both sides we're going to read in these reviews. Five-star reviews. A tense, creeping drama that gets under your skin, makes you laugh, and then explodes outward in the most satisfying, pulpy of ways. Get out is all of those things. This Is, is that a metaphor for just blowing a load, or is that me? Pulpy, <laughs> so satisfying, outward exploding. Shannon, are you excited or, or confused? Oh. Confused. I agree. Get, get out is an achievement on a textual metatextual and subtextual level that is effectively a roadmap for filmmakers trying to build a political message into their genre fiction. Here's someone that won't get touched on a sexual metasexual or subsexual manner in my book. (laughs) It's tense, angry, hilarious. And here in Trump's America, it might as well be a protest film protesting what here's someone pushing an agenda in which it has no place deserving don't tell me i can't lobotomize black people that's <laughs> my right as an american don't get listen, we're gonna get we're getting both sides of that on these reviews i'm giving i'm covering both sides because we're fair here jordan peele delivers the best film of the decade thanks to masterful wow. symbolism of american flag wardrobe cell phone justice cotton picking escapes and dialogue double meanings interesting choice using the term cotton picking in this review would you not say that as well i don't even know what that means cotton picking escapes i don't know either is that a thing the only time I've ever heard cotton picking used was Yosemite Sam, like, Roger Fracker, Roger, that cotton picking rabbit. <laughs> or as a racial slur, which I will not involve on. Thank you. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, 
one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. This movie could have been a trailblazing original commentary on race relations. It's a good idea, but poorly executed. Nay, I say. The complexity, though, is reduced by caricaturing the Armitage family and their guests as unfeeling monsters. What's a feeling monster? I ask that to you, too. Pedophile. Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Jordan Peele nails his colors to the mask with a very entertaining but also very obvious horror number that seeks to satirize contemporary American race relations. Was it obvious? I think it was. I think I I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Where the film fails is in the actual structure of the story, which is riddled with inconsistencies, gaping holes in the plot, and what seems to be a midpoint shift from one story to a completely different one. Where do they deviate? I ask you that. Both that. I believe in, I agree with the plot holes. I don't know about the deviating storylines, though. Yeah, I don't need, I, that's what I was asking. I, don't I mean, know. clearly the movie goes from what looks like a happy vacation or a visit to his parents to an abduction, kidnapping, brain transplant. Obviously, you and you once the audience realizes what's happening, but you realize pretty, I mean, pretty much as soon as he gets to the house that this place is, fi- I mean, unless you didn't see, if you, if you didn't see the trailer, you, it's pretty early on that you go, yeah, this is some fucked up's happening here. How about the name of the film is called Get Out, not Come On In. (laughs) Hey, guys. Yeah. Welcome aboard. (laughs) Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. I, on average, buy six to seven horror movies a month on DVD or Blu-ray and probably watch two to three movies every two days, most of which are horror slash thriller. I'm well-versed in the genre. Shannon, did you write this review? <laughs> Maybe me. <laughs> and although it's not the scariest movie, the goriest movie, the highest production value, or the lowest B-movie retro chic production value, this movie is what it is what it is and does it so perfectly. <laughs> talk about a segue and does it so perfectly it is so deeply and satisfying and enjoyable watch from front to finish signed hillary clinton <laughs> no long one and here is here is here's what i was talking about get out is a jordan peele masterpiece but not for trump's people who will okay. neither like it nor understand it because they would not be in on the joke while purporting to be a horror film it is a much more satirical biting political comedy that lampoons the self-righteous racial sensitivities of liberal white people white liberals love black people but practice a subtle form of racism that treats blacks as objects to be added to one's personal collection as trophies of liberal quote-unquote wokeness rather than people perfectly capable of autonomously piloting their own lives without white liberal fawning. White people who view this film are compelled uncomfortably to do some deep soul-searching about just whose agenda is being served by their white liberal radical racial agenda and its paternalistic programs. I suspect that educated blacks would find this over-the-top exaggerated roasting of white sensitivities pretty funny, but for white liberals, 
there is also a challenge to rethink values and actions, remaking racial relations, and no matter how thinking, how benign the intentions, no longer a program to maintain white control over black lives. Signed, Johnny Knoxville. (laughs) You know, I feel like this movie, if somebody takes one side or the other stance in this movie, they're missing the whole point of the movie. Thank you. The movie takes a stab at everybody. The movie makes fun of the father for being the oversensitive liberal who voted for Obama and you know, how people, when people say that to a black person, like, I know I liked Obama. So that means I'm down with you. And it made fun of the, the rednecky, ignorant people who, you know, think black people are just good for their bodies and their, their athletic Objects. ability. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it takes a stab at everybody and makes the point that black people are just, they're just, they're people. Like, just, right. they're just people. Like, that's the point of the movie. And people, and it's amazing. And I think, I think, I guarantee you Peel would read these different reviews and, and laugh his ass off because yeah. that's what he wanted to do. He wanted people to watch it and go, oh, he's talking to me. I'm the good guy. Oh, he's, he's on my side. Here's the boat. Here's where they are. <laughs> Going the opposite way. Chinese-American male here. I really like this movie. I'm not very good at expressing myself sometimes, and that's going to be the case here. That's kind of like saying, hey, nice to see you at a bar there, Shannon. You don't find me very attractive, do you? <laughs> I know I, I'm not going home with you, but I'm going to try anyway. <laughs> I didn't listen. I didn't know you had to cite your race before writing a review. This is like assholes who call up the sports talk radio stations and saying this is their first time calling in. No one. Long time listener. First time caller. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about your stats. I'm calling to talk about Aaron Judge's stats, not my stats, dickhead. Next one. Anything less than five stars smells like racism to me. This is a wonderful portrayal, creepy, poignant, and scary of how many whites in America view blacks as just vessels for them to take advantage of Trump's America. Peel made a wonderful movie, and I can imagine what the 40% non-five-star ratings are about. I have no interest in reading them. Yet another asshole who thinks Amazon review section is the perfect place to sound off in. (laughs) Which is why I don't like these people because you need to consider everyone's opinion before forming your own. How about is that? that whole review by the Asian guy? Yeah, no, that was too. That was <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't hit a gong as I finished this review. Jesus Christ. I'm not being funny in quotes or racist, but if I were a black man, I never look so much look at another white woman after watching this movie. I'll let that one sink in. From the after watching this documentary, I really yeah. learned my lesson. Yeah. I knew it. They all just want to take our brains out. Yeah. That's what they. My mama always said, "White man's just going to take your brains out." Yeah, Kevin. Just think of it. We can go kidnap black people and then take their brains and take their bodies. I mean, and then we can become in the NBA. So LeBron James, move on over. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews, Amazon One Star Reviews, Amazon One Star Reviews now. Amazon One Star Reviews, One Star Reviews, One Star Reviews, One Star Reviews. Overrated, overhyped, overpraised. This story is just stupid and far-fetched with little or no explanation, making it hard to believe. I don't know why it was so, is so, critically acclaimed, or why it won any awards. It was boring, tedious, and ridiculous. It used pseudoscience 
fiction to create more mistrust and division. I wish I never bought it, even at five dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> that's Kevin's see, that's Kevin's weak spot right there, Shannon. He loves hearing the price breakdown when people talk about spending money to buy watch movies. At least that's he actually spent five, at least he spent five bucks. That's a, that's a little bit of money. The people are like, I can't believe I spent a buck ninety nine on this <laughs> for the. For the SD for the SD version, not the HD version. <laughs> I rented the HD version to prepare for this, and I did pay five ninety nine. I own this, so I didn't pay. <laughs> That's what we're worth to you, Shannon. We're worth five ninety nine. No, I'm going to send you an invoice. We appreciate every time. Uh, excuse me, you ten ninety nine yourself, and just write yeah, that off. You write that off on your taxes, lady. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, even at five ninety nine, or wasted my time watching such a laughable premise that stretches suspension of disbelief to the breaking point. Signed, Matrix fan double zero two. The most obnoxious and annoying cast I can ever remember seeing in a movie. The main character is only the only saving grace. It's so absurd and unbelievable. I almost stopped watching it. Aside from the cringeworthy cast, this cast was great. What are they talking about? But the cast was great. Here we go for folks, the, the, the folks on the right side. The storyline is just race-baiting garbage, which, of course, is why it had such an amazingly high score in Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, I never take to the recommendation, but I dropped the ball here and ended almost wasting two hours of my life. It's clearly aimed at manifesting white guilt in the subconscious and whoever sees it and deliberately deepening racial divides in our youth. These, as far as I can see, are the only reasons it's so overhyped and praised. They want white folk to watch this and actually feel guilty. They want black folk to watch it and feel persecuted. Don't fall for it. Signed, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> I did I like the one Asian guy in the movie who, who like asked him, so is it harder to be a black man in America? Like he, this is an Asian guy comes out of nowhere. To act as the like, he's not white, he's not black, but he's going to say something fucked up too. Right. I thought it would be a good horror film because of the horror, the reviews, but it's terrible. The whole storyline, acting, and whole artistic feel of the movie is cheap, contrived, and phony. The black kid does a bad job, and his dialogue is awful. He speaks black slang every time he talks to another black character, but then normally when he's speaking to his white girlfriend, the girlfriend isn't much, isn't much better, and she only seems to talk about racism when the storyline is unfolding. It's not scary or interesting, just boring and dumb. It might have been decent if it was executed better. The art direction, cinematography, dialogue, and directing. This director is clearly a hack, and I can't believe people actually like this film. I love it when people think they went to film school for half a second and can criticize cinematography, art direction. What art direction? I want examples. They're trying to use these terms to see like they're coming from a, pa- a position of power and knowledge to which they have zero. Fuck you. I will say this about the, the cinematography. One thing that I noticed they did, and I, I wonder if there was a reason to it, Every a lot of times when they sh- then they closed up when they got a close up of Chris's face, he was always at an angle side eyeing. He was always like this. With who? You said sorry. Like, with with who? With Chris. With the okay. with the main with the main character. He'd yeah, always yeah. be like this. Even when he was like asking her to get the keys, he was like, "Where are the keys? Where are the keys? Get the keys, Rose. You can't find the keys." And I don't know what the significance of having you not look like front on or just kind of three quarter. He was always side eyeing the camera. And I, I, I have to think there was some significance that I'm just not smart enough to pick up on that. I mean, it was intentional because that's the way the blocking went, but I don't understand the nuance behind it either. So yeah. <laughs> moment loss on us. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think we're going to eat shit from our fans for not knowing that one. Nope. Somewhat creative, but overhyped with underlying racism. Stick to the comedy. Comedy! 
comedy of what? <laughs> what, Keen Peel sketches? Is that what you're looking for? Just more little rounds. I think it says underlying racism. No, the racism was... <laughs> no, it's pretty fucking blatant. <laughs> right in your face. It, it, it's as subtle as a croquet ball back to the back of your head two times. <laughs> This overrated movie is an homage to black supremacy. White people are all racist and bad. Black people are good and wholesome. Total ridiculous plot. Not the least bit scary. Don't waste your time or money. Come to my meeting. Bring your sheets. <laughs> yeah. So we got so we get reviews from both sides on that one. That just show you you're 100 percent right, Kevin. If Peel read this, he'd go, you assholes missed the fucking mark. Yeah. <laughs> it, this is a chance to vomit out your fucking agenda to which no one right. fucking cares. Right. And now he asked the important question. Kevin Israel, did Shannon Hayer gut the sacred cow? Shannon did a fantastic job. And she was she a did. recent. She was actually one of my favorite guests. Shannon, kudos to you. <laughs> you did a great job coming on here. But I do not think you gut this cow. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to. I wanted to couch it nicely. You always, I always say, lead with a compliment. <laughs> so you have lovely hair, Shannon. You didn't. Oh, cut the oh, oh. She has a great personality. Is that your next line? <laughs> I love the. the uh, I, I love your lighting in your house too. <laughs> I do, and I, you know what? And I agreed with so much of what she said, and yeah. much met a lot of her points I had. So it was a, it was a, it was a great gutting. But I don't think you. Uh, I think the cow still stands, unlike that deer that she hit. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Jordan Peele squealed. I, I, I co-sign on this gutting. I agree. You did a fantastic job. Fantastic job. I was a little worried. You're like, I can't pick a film. I go, oh, she's going to pick something and mail it in. I'd be like, ah, fuck. You came out, you came out strong and ended stronger. So very well done. You will definitely have a return. Yeah. And, Start uh, thinking of your next movie now. Cause yeah. it's <laughs> take a while. Yeah. A good one. Yeah. She did a great job, I, but I agree. You did not, you did not uh, gut the cow, but a hell of a job. A valiant run at the castle, indeed. So, And again, I changed my score because of you, which does not happen often. So take a bow. So while you're taking that bow, remind everyone where we can find you and what you're up to. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at ShannonLee6982 and listen to my podcast, The Thing Is Ding. We talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. And uh, we have like comedians, actors, reality TV stars, porn stars, musicians, just a whole bunch of interesting people telling their personal stories about a bad date or a weird sexual experience, a physical fight that they've been in, or a brush with the paranormal. Awesome. That's it. Kevin Israel, how about yourself? I can't think because I'm just going through all of my bad date experiences that have now just just taken residence in my head. I was going to say, if we're kind enough to get invited on the show, yeah. I will sit. I will have a five pages of, of <laughs> dates and stories of shit that I had. It's going to be a long episode. It is. <laughs> KevinIsrael.com for my dates, what dates I do have, and uh, my album, The Struggle is Real. You can get on iTunes and everywhere else where you get audio stuff. And make sure to give us a five-star review yeah. on your platform of choice. We appreciate it. It affects the algorithm so people actually see what we're doing and hear us. Uh, if, you, if you really like what we're doing, just two sentences, a five-star review. It goes a long way. We appreciate it. We'll notice it. And follow us on all the social media. Interact with us. We love fans who interact with us. Kevin Goatee has actually almost he's, – he's getting fired from his job because he interacts with people <laughs> all day long on Twitter. So make it worth it to his family. Then uh, follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. We love talking to our to our fans, getting into fights with them. Kevin is great at being uh, openly hostile, and it's uh, it's fun for me to watch to go on and see that I have 97 new tweets of Kevin yelling at somebody, which is always fun. Way to end the day. 
I don't yell at people. We have we, they're always good good banter. I don't get in yeah. Oh yeah, I, don't, don't be sensitive, buddy. Don't be not, sensitive. I don't want to be mis- misrepresented. I don't get openly start fights and shit with people. We have debates. Okay, but- he's 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 nicely hostile. Kevin is a yes. Kevin is a doll, uh, and and we have, but we do have a lot of fun. We love yeah. interacting with our fans. So follow us on Twitter and on social media. Give us a five star review, and we appreciate it. And we screenshot those reviews and put them on our social media. Yeah, you get as well recognition. And check us out on Clubhouse. Kevin and I are both on Clubhouse. In fact, I'm going to be starting a Clubhouse room that I have to talk to you about afterward, Kevin. Nope. We're, going have, we're going to have a Clubhouse room on the regular sounds. So, so cross your fingers if you're on Clubhouse, check us out. But yeah, KevinGoatee.com. But yeah, as Kevin just said, GTSC Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. But don't worry, we don't floss because that's stupid. And no dancing videos like that. That's just silly. We're 40 and we're white. What do you want? So, but check us out, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Just click subscribe. Tell your friends. Subscribe on YouTube. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Tell your friends. Most important thing to do is just spread the word. We're doing a hell of a job. And as soon as this pandemic lessens more, we're going to get back out there and do another live show uh, because the masses are asking for it. Believe me, people are already asking, when's your next live show? Well, let's figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll do it, a little, I guess, another couple months, but we can't wait to do it. Oh, yeah. Harry, you've been fantastic tonight on our podcast. We thoroughly enjoyed having you. And we can't wait to see you again in a future episode. Thanks so much for having me. I would love to come back and win. I'm going to keep coming back till I win. <laughs> yes. That's what we want to hear. Persistence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, we, we welcome all challenges. It's, it's going to be better than getting ghosted on a ghost date. How about that? <laughs> okay, so that's that for our, this week's episode. Thanks again, folks. We'll see you next time. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.